0: If you would turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I was thinking just before coming up here that the people behind this pulpit, Pastor Gilbert, Pastor Bragg, the people before them, the people who started this church, and it brought me back to our Sunday school curriculum, which is Mighty Men, which is what we've been teaching our 8 to um, 11-year-olds. And there's a quote in it that says, it's not the might of the man, it's the might of his God. And that tonight resounds through our church. And I just praise the Lord for that. And I pray that tonight the Lord will show himself mighty. Second Corinthians chapter number 10. I'm actually going to be reading the whole chapter. It's a pretty lengthy chapter, but I believe it will be a blessing. Uh, Second Corinthians chapter 10. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who is in the, who's, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may be not bold when I am present, with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having a readiness to a revenge. All disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ... Let him let him of himself think again. As he is Christ, even so we are Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of the authority which the Lord hath given, which the Lord hath given us our edification, and not for your your destruction, I should not be ashamed. That I should not seem as if I would terrify you by the letters. For his letters say that there are weighty and powerful. But his body, bodily presence is weak, and his speech contemptible. Let such, one, let such a one as this think, that such as we are in words by letters, when we are absent, such will we be also indeed as we are present. For we dare not make ourselves of the number, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves, and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise." But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even to you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reached reached not unto you. For we are come as far as to you, also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things which are without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but saying hope. When your faith increase is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond, and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in God, for he that commendeth, for he, for not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. I will ask you to bow your heads and I'll open in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you for just the opportunity to come and uh, just proclaim what you've been showing me and that I pray that it will just be, uh, that your Holy Spirit will move and that you will just call me and that I will say the words exactly that you want me to say, Lord, and that if anything here tonight, that they will see you through this message And they will remove me from the picture, Lord. And I pray that you will do that. And I pray that um, you'll give me power and confidence. In your name I pray. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to be speaking on three choices you have to make in your life. There are many choices that we make throughout the day. Some of those are hitting the snooze when you wake up in the morning before going to work. Just that five extra minutes. Or making decisions closer to what you're going to wear. Choices you make, but don't alter your life in a large, vast, or effect. Those choices, like if you're going to eat a banana or an orange, it's not really going to affect your life. talking about the choices you make tonight that affect your life and your future. Choices like going to a college, where you work, what kind of car you're going to buy, all these different choices you can be making. But tonight, in this passage, there is three choices that we can make that we may have already made. But when we come and see them again, we can see that we're in one of the three areas. You're either choosing a life for appearance. You're either choosing a life for acclamation. Or you're choosing a life for Christ. So tonight, why don't you let God choose instead of letting us choose. Growing up in a, a Christian home, I've always had, you know, Christian influence, my parents, and that was something that I was taken to church every Sunday and Wednesday, every time the doors were open. That for me was never a choice. But coming to a college where that was offered, where they say, Go choose a church. Something that you have to learn to choose. But having those set in your life beforehand makes it so much easier to choose a church or to want to go to church. Many, many college students now, they hit 20. They've been to church all their life. They've been drugged to church and they never wanted to be there. But after after college, they're gone. How many of those people still follow Christ? And to think that I didn't get to choose was better for me. I wasn't chosen to. I didn't get to pick to choose my family or my parents or some of my siblings or to have that many. Um, but God knew what was best for me, and He knew where I was wanting to, where I was supposed to be, and He orchestrated it in His plan. And when we see that, the choices we make sometimes can be terrible choices. Sometimes you can think a really good car deal. At a used dealership is really good, but once you make it home, you see that that's not the case. <laughs> and all of these choices, you can, you can make many different choices. But in the end, you're going to have either, you're going to have a consequence or you're going to have a reward for the choice you made. Yeah. So tonight, instead of making a choice to have a consequence and a reward for just a short pleasure or a short time, why don't we see and look into the scripture you see, we can find a treasure and a reward for eternity. And in verse number seven, is where we're going to start, where we find our first point, we see that in verse number seven, do you look on things at after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think again that as he is Christ, even so we are Christ. Right there is a question. Paul comes and he has a very personal letter. He started off very, very personal. You can see the many I's, the personal pronouns. And he comes, and he's presenting his letter to them. And he says, you guys are looking on your outward appearance. And I kind of looked at myself, and I'm like, am I looking on my outward appearance? Because in our world today, you can easily look on the outward appearance. You have Instagram, Facebook, Insta- you know, all these different... Social media. The news. And everybody is trying to please somebody else. Everybody is. I could be trying to please my boss. Or somebody, my teacher at school. But we're always trying to please someone. And that could be yourself. And here Paul comes and he's saying, Do you look on the things that are the outward appearance? So tonight... Are you looking on your outward appearance? First point would be, are you choosing a life of appearance? You can be a Sunday to Wednesday church Christian. For me, that was how I was raised. You can have the appearance, and you can try all these different things you can give to people, you can give to charities. You can do all this you can have all the knowledge you want. But not knowing what the knowledge is about. Bible college for me is a step towards not just knowing about God, it's knowing God. And when you come to see it, that we can continue to choose a choice for an appearance, and those appearances are usually just for yourself what you feel like for yourself, what you want others to see you as. And really, we think we're some way. We think we're really good in one area. But really, who you are is really who you think you are. Because others may think about you, and they may have an opinion about you, but that's usually not who you are. Who you are is who you think you are. But when you look at it from a biblical perspective, who we are isn't based on what we think we are. It's based on what God tells us we are. This first point, the sincerity of life here. People can grow up, you can be raised in a church, you can go to Bible college, but all of it can be in vain and in appearance and just trying to better yourself to your own self edification. And in the end, the reward is going to be a short time where people are all like, man, isn't he a Christian? Doesn't he drive a nice car? Man, I wish I had that job. Or I wish I was as smart as him. But in the end, what is that car? What is that education? What are all those friends if you don't have God? They're all vain. Paul made sure that this was very personal because... Paul was one of the one of those disciples that Jesus had and you know what he wasn't one for building himself up Paul had every stature every mark you could make if I could say it today Paul was a super christian Paul was the one where everybody could look and say this man knows everything this man he could be the president he could be our governor he could be our leader He knows everything. And if he doesn't, he can find out. But for Paul, that didn't matter. What mattered was that that day on Damascus. The light and salvation. And tonight, we can look on our outward appearance as a choice. But the most important choice we can have tonight is salvation. 2008... On a trip to North Carolina, was, um, we were taking a trip to North Carolina to visit my grandfather. He's the pastor. He was the pastor of the church up there. And we went to visit, and we made it up there on a Saturday, and he, he spoke Sunday morning. And I remember both services and just the church and the new people and the VBS. And that night, I bowed my head and accepted Jesus as my Savior And you know what? That was a choice that I made that affected my life. If that would have not happened, if I would have not made that choice, I don't know where I would stand today. The most important choice you could make, why would you want to put that off? Some people do. Some people put it off forever and they never make a choice. But tonight... Are you making a choice for the outward appearance, for yourself, for your pleasure? Or are you making a choice for God? We continue reading in verse number 8. For though I should boast somewhat more of of our authority with which the Lord has given us for edification and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed. Verse number 8 counters it up with the fact that he... That he calls attention to the fact that it's not about him. Paul clearly states it again. It's not, about, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. But it's about Christ. We need to see that Paul had a perspective different than others. We can have a perspective on our own selves. But when we change our perspective to be on what God wants and we start seeing through his perspective, then those choices we make will be changed from choices for our own appearance. We need God's perception, not our perception. It's not about how much Bible knowledge we have. It's not about all the items in the world's knowledge. It's about Christ. It's not about knowing things. It's about knowing the Lord the Lord gave it to me. The Lord's given us everything. Our lives, our breaths, our every, every day we wake is a day given by God, Amen. the creator king. And yet we choose to take our lives and use it for our appearance. There's a quote from Jim Elliot. And Jim Elliot, as he was in college, he spoke of the many different things that he wanted to do. He spoke of all of his different studies, and he even sent a letter back to his parents when his grades came in. He explained that the reason why his grades were lower than he was wanting was because he was trying a different de- degree diploma. Jim Elliott was trying Second 2 Timothy 2.16, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Jim Elliott wanted to be approved under God, UAG. He wrote his parents' home and he said, the reason why my studies have been low in some classes is because I'm UAG. I'm trying to be approved under God. And tonight, are we lacking in other areas because we're trying to be approved for ourselves? Or are we trying to be approved unto God? Then secondly, we come to verse number 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but the measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We see that Paul takes a jab at the people, and he says you can choose a a life for appearances for yourself. Secondly, you can choose a life for accolades these men they were comparing themselves they were measuring themselves with others i know more knowledge here i've been trained in bible longer and paul again would have been able to top all of them being taught under this the great gamaliel but paul didn't use that and these men were trying to do that they were all living for the accolades they were all living for that praise of their other friends, that position. If we are only doing something for a good job or an attaboy, then that's all we're going to get out of it. If all I do when I come into work is work for my boss just to get my paycheck, that's all I'm going to get. We dare not make ourselves a number or a comparison in comparison. Instead of looking to God, they started looking at each other. And you can see this the subtle pride creep in. The men were probably a little prideful on the fact that I've, I've studied for years and devoted my whole life to this study. And it would have probably been a really good study where all of their life would have spent really well. But pride crept in. And when we look around ourselves, sometimes that's us. Sometimes, as a Bible college student, you become a little prideful in an area of, well, I don't say that, or I don't act like that, or I'm always at church. I don't, I don't skip church for sick or anything. And you can get that, that subtle little pride, and you can be aware of what others are thinking about you. And you can be living for that. You can be living for yourself and by your own outward appearance. Or you can be living for a life of praise from men. These men would have been doing all they could to have the best rewards, the best praises, that extra job offer, the new car. They would have been living for it all. Instead of living for God. But when we look around and we see, oh, I'm better, and we start measuring each other based on what we are and where we've been and what we've come from, and then we look at what Christ has done, we see how fast that bubble pops. We go from us thinking we're really high, and we've done a lot, to seeing how little we've really done, to seeing how much Christ gave for us, to seeing the love of God given to us. And once you start to think about that, it really should humble you to know that the creator king of all sent his only son to come die for you and me. And that all of us, even as a Bible college student, can try to live for an appearance, can try to live for praise, Instead of living for his God. We need not to look to men for our praise. We are lining ourselves up compared to men, but we really should be lining ourselves up with what God has said. In Galatians 1.10 it says, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to pleasure men, to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Jesus clearly says, you can try to please men. But you're going to end up not being a servant of Christ. And tonight, you can think about that. Do you want to be a servant of Christ? I know I've asked myself that many times. Do I really want to be a servant of Christ? What is that for me? What's what's really the reason behind being a servant of Christ? Or do I want to just continue life? And try to be a pleaser, somebody that pleases men. If we want to be a servant for Christ, we have to stop living for what others or what we want. And we have to start dying to ourselves, as Paul said. And start living for Christ. God has given us everything we've had. We have nowhere to be. We can't boast James one seventeen says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. All of us tonight are here because of God, the never-changing, never-ending God. So tonight, are you living for an outward appearance? As in verse number 7 Number two, are you living for the accolades of men, the praise of men? Or number three, are you living for the commendation of Christ? Sometimes, when we we see in this passage that when we start looking at others, we need to change our measuring tool. There are many different measuring tools. You have a yardstick or a ruler. Or a tape measure. They're all different. They all do the same thing. Some are in different measurements, but they all do the same thing. They can be used the same. And sometimes we start taking our measuring stick of where we are and we start measuring others with it, but we need to change the ruler, change the tool. We are like that tool. God can use whatever tool he wants to use out of the crowd. It may be rusty. It may not know enough. It may be poor. It may not look very good. It may not be able to talk. But when God uses the hammer, it doesn't matter what the hammer or the screwdriver or the tape measure is used as. Because God is using it. And tonight, we can be that tool. We can be waiting to be used. Or we can be waiting to get prepared to be used. We can be living for that ourselves. The outward appearance. We can be living for the accolades of men. Or we can be living for the commendation of Christ. We need to choose a life that is approved by God. But why, why do we need approval by God? Why do we need approval by any man? Why can't I just live my own life how I want to live it? Well, because in the end, your reward is going to be that. Your own praise for your your day, that really good job at work, that really good praise from your boss, and then the next week he just goes back to underpaying you or something like that. But when we choose a life that is approved by God, we see the rewards of it. And tonight, here in in Lakewood, we've seen the rewards. We've seen salvation. We've seen people joining the church. We see it reaching out into the community with the gospel. Because why? Approved by God. Verse number 16. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to us, to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord, for he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. We see that we can be commended by ourselves, we can be commended by others, but who the Lord commendeth, that's where it's at. We don't need man's commend, approval, we don't need my approval, it's God's approval. When we look in the first life of appearances, you can look at me. In the life of accolades, we're looking at others. And here in the life of approval, we're looking at God. When we change our view from me and from others and to God, then we really see the perspective of God. And we, start com- we stop comparing, we start complying and we be committed to God. Are you going all the way in the end? The greatest day when we when we see Jesus. Are you going to come to the door? He's going to receive you in. And he's going to say, "Well good, well done, thou good and faithful servant." Well, if you're living number 1, you won't be If you're living for yourself, you won't be. If you're living for your... Secondly, for the praise of men, you won't make it there either. The mark will be missed. But if you're living for Christ and the approval of God, he'll receive you in and your reward in heaven will be greater. For me, I've always wanted to know exactly how to find God's will. For going to Bible college, to picking a job, to more future decisions that I'll have to make. It's always wanting to know, where does God want me to be now? Really, how do, how do you find that? How do I know who's the right one to marry? How do I know, you know if, if I'm going to be in another field? What is the will of God for my life? Well, 2 Timothy 2.16 Approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. This is the degree that we should strive every day, continually and consistently. Exactly like Jim Elliot was saying. Approved unto God. His studies may have faltered a little. But it was worth it to him. Because he was becoming approved unto God. Even at Bible college, there are some times where classes do get dropped or your grades start falling. And you're trying all you can and you're even starting to cutting out the approval of God. And you just leave this book in your room. I know it's happened to me. You go into class and this this can become just a book. It can become like your regular biography book. It can be just a history book, but the living book changes every day. But it's not going to change to you if you're not in it. So, are you approved unto God? Because there's only one way you can find that, and it's through the relationship with God. So, we can choose a life for me, we can choose a life of others, or we can choose a life for God. And in the very end, there's only one thing that truly matters out of all of them. And it's the divine approval of God when we reach that heaven's gate and hearing hearing Him say that, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But how do we do that? How do we make it to where we know we're going to be approved by God? How do we even come down that line? Well, preach the gospel, the Great Commission. Something Paul had spoken, verse number 16, 17, and 18, or his great commission going, preach the gospel. Number two is give God the glory instead of boasting on yourselves. And this whole chapter, verse number 8, 13, 15, and 16, all bring out the boasting. And Paul is saying, leave it alone. Get rid of it. Give God the glory. And number three, receive the only commendation that matters. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb, and shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed the bloody seas? Are you a soldier of the cross? You can choose a life for yourself. For, your, for others or for God? When we bless God, he will bless you back. In the end, we will have to choose if we're going to live for us, if we're going to live for others, or if we're going to live for Christ. So tonight, why don't we let God choose for us? Pastor.